Hello, Peter. How are you doing? We're good. Great. Lovely to hear you. Hi. And yes, you heard that little teaser correctly. The Glenrock Carolers are back. Just like the Tusken Raiders in Star Wars, we knew that they'd return, and in greater numbers too. And now, there are three of them. Three of the Glenrock Carolers are going to be along later, and we'll have a lovely chat to them about how they're preparing for their big day on Christmas Eve, when on the stroke of midnight, they will start singing traditional carols, uh, walk around their community of Glenrock in Pennsylvania, and sing the carols for hours and hours and hours until 7 o'clock in the morning. That first episode of our podcast proved to be the most popular one by far so far. Really captured the imagination of people interested in the local carols and how this separate tradition sort of arose in this small community in America when people migrated from Yorkshire to um, America in the 1840s. But first, before we start speaking to them, we'd all like to hear them sing, wouldn't we? Yes, we would. What more can this podcast offer today than a traditional local carol from Sheffield sung in the United States with those lovely American accents? Let's hear the Glenrock carolers. to welcome back um well we've got three three of the glenrock carolers we've got daryl hi daryl 
Hello, Peter. How are you? I'm wonderful. How's uh, how's things looking over there? Is it all getting Christmassy? Uh, they're looking really good. We're getting ready. We're practicing walking the hills of the town to get our legs in shape, and we're practicing our singing. Fantastic. We've also got um, Ed Bailey. Hi, Ed. Hello. How are you? Fine, thank you. And um, how are you? And how's the I'm trumpeting well. going? The, the trumpeting going well, is it? Well, yes, we're, we're trying. Unfortunately, I don't get as much rehearsal as I should, perhaps, but we're getting there. Uh, excellent. And we've also got Mike Thomas. Hi, Mike. Hi, Peter. Thank you for having us. No problem at all. It's a pleasure. And uh, you're um, singing and I think taking photos as well, right? Oh, they don't want me to sing, but oh, right. uh, okay. I, I do follow and document them every year. Okay. Um, are, are you not allowed to sing? Or, or oh, no, they'll allow me to, but okay. uh, it, they probably wouldn't want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So over the last week, I'll just explain what's happened here. We, we, we started this podcast about the local carols in uh, Sheffield and North Derbyshire. Uh, and we, the, the aim of doing it really was just to document um, what happened because they, they aren't well known across England. Uh, just So we just wanted to create a bit of a record and say, right here, now, right now in 2023, this is what happens. Um, so the idea was to document it. And, and me and Andy said at the beginning, if we get if we get like 10 people listening, <laughs> we'll be pleased with it. We'll be all right. Um, but the, the listeners now, to be honest, are, are in the hundreds and it's been quite a bit of a, whoa, um, and 60% of the listeners have been um, in the United States. And it has really captured the imagination, I think, of, of people uh, when we sort of told your story. It, it, the, the impact of it, certainly when I've been speaking to people, it's like, it's like what? It's this sort of unbelievable uh, like fairy tale that this migration happened in the 1840s and and then uh, this this tradition's been going on ever since so it's great to have you back and i want to know how your preparations are going um for the big day well our preparations are going very well i believe uh, when i talked to you last we just had one rehearsal and now we've had uh, five rehearsals and we've sung at a retirement home for our oldest living member who doesn't sing anymore, but uh, he's 103 years old and we wow. sang for him. And he was, this was all inside. Uh, yeah. We sang for his friends and residents at the retirement home. And he was sitting in the front row in his wheelchair and singing along. Right. And then, uh, last week we sang at a senior citizens center uh in a nearby town and had probably 200 people in attendance and um this weekend we're going to be riding the steam train into town we have a historic steam train that comes through town so yeah. we're going to get it in the next community and then sing on the train and come into town and meet meet our local community at the monument and sing a few there and then go actually into the only pub that's in Glenrock and we'll sing a few numbers for them in the pub. So our rehearsals are going very well and we're just about ready for the annual Christmas trek. Well, what, uh, that's quite an entrance, isn't it? Coming in on, on a train. I, I like the sound of that. Yeah, yes. we'll turn it over to Mike. I think he gets some good photos from that. Yeah, well, so well, what are we talking? Are we talking about people up and down the carriages as, as, the, as the train comes in? 
I believe so. I think there'll be people that are uh, riding the train with us. And then I know that there are folks at the local pub, the Glenrock Mill Inn, that have made reservations so that they can hear the carolers sing as well. Uh, Fantastic. The carolers come in. And so then... there we've got another um, another link between the like South Yorkshire tradition and, and, and your tradition in yes. that you're taking it into the pubs inside where it, it's sort of warmer. <laughs> Interestingly, the pub is in the original mill where the original Glenrock carolers worked and made their living. Oh, wow. So um, what, what kind of mill was it? It was a woolen mill at the time, but then over the years it changed to a grist mill, and uh, then it closed for many years, and then the newest owner converted it to a bed and breakfast and a hotel, uh, you know, a bar and a restaurant. And that's called the Glenrock Mill. Okay. Glenrock right. Mill Inn. Yeah. All right. And that is, um, so So that was where I presume the original carolers were, were working when they, when they came over to Glenrock. Right. Yeah? Yes, you're exactly right. Yeah. Wow. So that is a long tradition. Yeah. Sort of. And again, this is something that we were exploring in previous podcasts how the, the, the carols have got a long like working class tradition uh, amongst workers who met together to sing and, and took their songs into um, in, inside into pubs uh, during like Sundays. Again, that's, that's really fascinating how, how that's developed in a, in a similar way. Uh, Mike, um, well, what, for you, what, can, what is the best sort of photo opportunity for you? Oh my gosh, there's so many uh, going throughout town. Um, I really like when it's not raining and windy because then everybody has their top hats on. Okay. Uh, which makes for a much better photo. Uh, but my favorite photo is at the end of the night when everybody is gathered around the monument and that Glenrock Mill Inn, the original mill where the carolers started, is in the background. Right. And usually I will stand behind Daryl and Ed and the, uh, the musicians where all the carolers are facing me um the lantern is there and then we get the mill in the background and uh that to me is the best part of the night and the uh, monument that you talk about that that's the one with the statue of the carolers right yes that's the, yeah. uh, the bronze monument that sits right across from the mill right okay is the reason why you call that a monument is it to, to sort of all, all the carolers in the past or uh that it was the original five carolers and the man who donated it to us and the community called it a monument as opposed to a statue. Yeah. So in honor of him, we call it a monument also. Right, okay, fair enough. Can't argue with that, can you really? Um, Ed, how are you doing? Doing well. Good. When you're out, um, obviously playing your instrument, what challenges do you face? I imagine the weather's a real challenge. It can be. The, the weather is the big challenge. So yeah. my preparation for that hasn't really started yet. It will start a few days before Christmas when I find out what the forecast is. And then it ranges from doing absolutely nothing to mm. uh, pipe insulation and hot packs and plastic mouthpieces and specially uh, constructed valve oils with a little secret ingredient in there to, to lower wow. the freeze factor. And wow. you know, it, it goes from there. We've tried everything. What's the what's the most challenging conditions you've faced on a on a Christmas day thing? Oh boy, we've had extreme cold. We've well, this is 176 years, so I've been doing yeah. this for 45. So I think I've been in all of them. 
And, yeah. and you know, we've gone from so warm in those woolen capes where you you couldn't hardly take it just a few years ago to mm-hmm. rain. That has to be the worst of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the severe cold, I figure my favorite is somewhere around 22 degrees and non breezy because the sound is awesome. The horns don't freeze. I found when I get down towards the lower end at the creeks, about 15 degrees Fahrenheit, we start to, to freeze up. And then as Daryl cues the next song, the, the famous words are, who's open? Who's open? Because really? they can't play at that point. Right. Yeah. So you're talking about all these, these uh, you mentioned like these the hot packs, that they sound quite cumbersome really too. Would that hamper your like playing? It is. They can be anyhow. I've, I've tried everything. So last year was was uh, probably the, the best for that, although it didn't turn out to be needed as much. But I went to a, uh, uh, a USB charged heat pack that right. guarantees yeah. like 16, 18 hours worth of warmness. And that mm. worked great for about 30 minutes. Uh, so they, they just don't they haven't been tested by carolers outdoor, apparently. So I ordered <laughs> a couple more of them for this year in the event that I'll just switch them in and out if needed. Yeah, good. good. And good luck to you. Hopefully it's not gonna, going to be too, too cold. But uh, yeah, it's sort of a mix, isn't it? So, so you mentioned you, you wanted just above uh, freezing, really, to um, make it. I suppose you want that sort of winter charm, don't you? But you don't well, want it to winter freeze. charm, and I think just the the crisp clarity of the air. Uh, mm. One of our we're, we're you know four major hills in Glenrock, and the neatest part for me before I started singing and playing with the carolers was being able to hear from one hillside to the other. And right. there's only certain type of of you know when the environment's just right that we can do that and hear that, and that is a unique sound. That's that's really neat. So let's get talking about the, the geography of, of Glenrock because you've mentioned there that you've got four hills. Um, h- how big are these hills? They get bigger every year. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Yes, yeah. they do. <laughs> wow, and longer. Yeah, yeah. Are, are we? I mean, how much of a climb are they? How, how long does it take you to get to? Uh, I mean, obviously for, here in Sheffield, we're used to the hills as well. Um, and, I, and and it is it's tricky, isn't it? Um, sort of traipsing around. Well, uh, well the hills the-, the hills are very close to the look of the peak country. When we came over from Manchester Airport to Sheffield, right. and driving over the peak country, it reminded us very much of the hills around Glenrock, which we think that's probably why the settlers picked this area to set up right. their woolen mill because it reminded mm. them of home. Yeah, interesting as well. Yeah, so what, what preparation do, do you do then? I mean, I mean, carrying instruments, wearing the all the gear, um, it's not. I guess it's not something that you can just sit about eating mince pies and then just get on and, and do that. No, well, I I personally do some uh, physical exercise for four to six weeks before Christmas. I I walk the entire town several times. I'm looking for potholes and newly installed fences because Mm -hmm. some of the area we walk across people's backyards to get from one street to the next and uh, have to be physically in shape in order to endure seven hours of walking the hills. Mike, if I can turn to you and and ask, um, how how many stops are, are we talking during your Christmas evening? Well, we have three stops where we actually go inside and warm up and eat. 
However, yes. on each street, there's several stops at either carolers or uh, notable homes in the area, certain street lights, certain intersections. Uh, throughout the night, I don't know exactly how many uh, stops we would make to sing a song. Uh, Daryl might be able to kind of give us that information. With the Keep talking. Um, <laughs> he's he's looking it up now to see right. approximately how many stops we have. But so, so uh, everything is recorded. Our historian is very very good at recording how many times we sing each song, how many stops we make, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff is recorded. And and Daryl here is is uh, tuned into the uh, atomic clock, so he knows pretty much within minutes, perhaps seconds, what uh, when we should be on each street, and it's it's well choreographed. So you actually have a, a, a schedule to keep to, really? Just based on previous years. I mean, yeah, if it takes yeah. longer or shorter. And I, and I got to admit that on years where it's raining, that schedule gets accelerated. On evenings where it's nice, it might stretch out a little bit more. So yeah, Pete, Peter, Peter, last yeah. year, uh, according to our log that I have here, uh, we sang carols 84 different times, which would be right. at streetlights, and uh, different people's homes. Now, some of them, the most would be nine times. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I guess it depends on the definition of a, of the word stop, because you will stop to sing the carols, but I think right. you mentioned three bigger stops. Is that where you actually sort You're of down right. instruments we, and go we inside don't, the house? Yes, we do not sing while we're walking. So we will stop at a home, uh, sing a carol, Merry Christmas, and then walk to the next place. Yeah. Yeah, Only three times during the night do they stop and actually warm up, take the capes off, uh, have a bite to eat and a, a beverage. And how long are you allowed in there then? Twenty to thirty minutes. Yeah. Okay. It Thank takes you, me a little you. while to get everybody up and moving, but they yeah. they'd rather stay in twenty or thirty <laughs> hours. But we got to get moving. Are you are you well fed at those stops? Oh yes. <laughs> we all are shaking our heads. Yes. The food is <laughs> it's the only place we can walk all night and gain weight at the same time. Right, okay. Yeah, awesome. Take good care of us. Ed, um, do you have a couple of favorite carols? You know what? I don't know that I do. So many people have their very favorite carol. There are many that I like, but but when Christ was born, Daryl just kind of mentioned that to me. That's a great one, especially later into the night, because that's one that our group does pretty much a cappella. So I have to get off a starting tone for them, and then I get to sing for a change. So, so that okay. might be the favorite. Yeah, yeah, a bit of a rest there. You can you can sort of use all your your hot packs and warm up while that's, while that's going well, on. Well, the, the challenge that I face is as I get older and maybe a few pounds heavier is getting up the hills. And then as soon as we're stopped, Daryl's ready to play. So it means from walking to playing, and that's more challenging each and every year. Yeah, definitely. It definitely sounds it. Um, can I just, one thing I wanted to ask is um, about your entire repertoire. Do, do you think, I mean, and this is sort of a wider discussion really about what is a carol? What is a Christmas carol? Do, do you think anything that is, um, you know, sort of, more in the way of like popular music. Well, uh, the York County area was primarily settled by German extracts. So they were after the carolers from 1848 on to sing something they know uh, because they know none of these songs. 
So in 1935, we sort of submitted and we sing Silent Night, which is an Austrian mm -hmm. carol. And mm -hmm. they know that and then they can sing along to that. But other than that, no, no modern songs. We wish, wish, we wish you a Merry Christmas, which is, is sort of like, you know, your version yeah. of um, Merry yeah. Christmas. But there's no sort of Michael Bublé getting in no. there. No, 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 no. <laughs> Okay. It's something yeah. to consider, though. We'll we'll look into that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting because I was I was having a discussion about what is a Christmas carol. Um, does it have to be religious? Um, and and a, a few of us were saying, you know, it's sort of anything anything really that that's sung at Christmas time, right? Um, can can be considered a carol. Um, and so in the pubs around here, we we do have some songs that have got. That, that are traditional and you'll only sing them at Christmas, but they have absolutely nothing to do with sort of Christmas or Christ or anything. Mm -hmm. um, well, we, don't, we don't have anything like Jacob's Well or the Mistletoe Bow or anything like that. Right. Okay. Um, I was going to ask you, um, so Ed, you went and sang in the Blue Ball. What, what do you remember about that experience? Um, well, I remember meeting a lot or, of... Or did you have too much to drink? You don't remember much. Well, good point. No, no, never enough. No, I, <laughs> but I do remember some very, very good uh, uh, beer. But uh, yeah, I, I just it was it was interesting. I mean, I think that whole time we were kind of in a bit of a, a awe at, at what we had learned about and talked about and and seen pictures of, and then that we were there for real, and mm -hmm. to realize the things like uh, we were warned to you know, uh, get used to holding your shoulders and arms tight because it's pretty crowded. Mm. We, when we talk crowded around here, it's nothing like some of the inns get when we were there, but mm. uh, it was absolutely wonderful. And, and, uh, you know, hope to get back again sometime. I didn't make the second and third trip over, but, but if we do it again, perhaps. How many of you came over when, when you came over? Uh, I believe we had, uh, 25 the first time and then maybe uh, 32 and then about 38. Crikey. If you're taking 38 to one of these pubs, you really are going to. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mike, you went to the Royal at, at Dublin. Yes. Um, what are your recollections of that? Was that on a Sunday lunchtime? Uh, yes, it was a Sunday lunchtime and it was, we got there early. I had a connection with Dave Ayer who, uh, who snuck us in before the crowd got there so he could get his, his favorite seat. <laughs> but I think the thing that I recognize the most and what sits with me the most is um, as different as we are over here with the carolers, there are some similarities. You know, we go in there and it's, it's a tradition that's passed on in the pubs as much as it's a tradition that's passed on here. There were people in their grandparents with their son and then with the grandkid on their shoulders Mm. Um, at, at the pub, uh, you know, introducing that grandchild to that tradition, which is very similar to what we see here on the streets of Glenrock, where you go from house to house. And like Daryl said before, you see the baby in the window and then the next year it's the one year old and then the following year there too. And uh, that tradition just continuously gets passed on. So, yeah, the tradition at the, the Royal at Dungworth has been going on for over 200 years. Has the news reached you that this year might be the last year? I'm oh, ready to buy yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a, 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 it's a the talk of the community, really. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, the, the, the folk singer called John Bowden has 
um, sort of set up a, a website and he's asking people to to chip in and and sort of buy a share basically so that they can buy it and run it as a community pub and presumably some mm-hmm. sort of folk music venue too. Um, the latest news I had was that they'd, they'd raised £136,000 in, in pledges in, in wow. seven days, That's which is awesome. a, lot, a lot of money in seven days, isn't it? Yes, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. it's, it's a very important. It's important to that tradition. And, uh, you know, we've talked about that here. You, you don't want to lose things like that because part of the unique thing of your tradition there is how each community, each pub has its own unique carols and unique people. And when you start to lose that, that's when the tradition dies. Yeah, yeah, it certainly would be uh, would be a sad a sad day if uh, I mean at the moment Boxing Day is penciled in as being the last the last thing at the Royal, but hopefully um, it will be back next year. Yeah. So, what else do you do in, for your Christmas preparations then? Well, what does the town of Glenrock look like um, in the run up to Christmas, decorations wise? So Glenrock, um, you know, it's very hilly. We have one traffic light in the center, and uh, they they do decorate the uh, the square Glenrock, and and they decorate the monument. And there's a tree right next to the monument. Um, but if you go around, there's even some people that acknowledge uh, the Glenrock carolers. Uh, right down the street here, there's a place where they put some uh, mannequins of uh, of the carolers, and then each caroler that lives in the borough. Um, they have a uh, about an 18-inch, 20-inch tall metal caroler uh, that they put on the front of their house to recognize that there's a caroler that lives there. Wow! So some of the some of the actual decorations are are linked to the carols. Too. Yeah, even on the street, uh, there's uh, metal cutouts of carolers that hang off of the uh, the street lights. Oh, really? That's yeah. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. So yeah. Um, the day itself, then Christmas Day. I think we mentioned last time that it's a bit of a, it's a, it's a little bit more of a sleepy affair than it may be elsewhere. Yeah, it is now for sure. When when I had children, the challenge, younger children, the challenge was to be out till seven, seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning, and then come home and about the time the kids would get up and be all energized to spend the day with them. Yeah. Uh, now I get home, say hello, and then then you don't see me for a few hours usually. Right, right. How many people will will anybody, will any of the um, sort of townsfolk um, make it round with you all night, or or do they? I presume they, they sort of trail off. So some do, yeah. yeah we we have a, a dozen that go. Yeah, there's a hardcore few that will travel the whole night. Many will come yeah. and go, so they'll they'll know their spots where they enjoy watching or can get a good photograph or easy parking and and pull off and listen. And some people will just wind down the window of their car and do that others will walk for pieces of it it's it's just about anything you can imagine a little bit of whatever works whether right. and then of course and then there's people that plan their open houses throughout the town as well based on the carolers route they'll have their open house and have family over and they'll wait for the carolers to come sing in front of their house and then at that point they head to bed and get up and yeah. do their normal christmas while the carolers continue till seven you know seven thirty in the morning that sounds lovely, actually, that, uh, you know, they would um, sort of base that around you guys and then uh, build that into their own tradition, I suppose. Yes. Do you yeah. get people coming from surrounding communities? I would say yes, but more they come from far and wide. Anyone who's 
grown up in Glenrock and has family in or near the carolers will come home from Florida or California or whatever just to hear the carolers. But uh, once you get outside of a five-mile radius of Glenrock, they never heard of us. Is that true? That's amazing. Uh, really, it's, it's sort of the, the, the local knowledge of it sort of disappears that, that quickly, That's which I suppose right. is another similarity with, with here. Because if I go to even the other side, even literally less than that, I would say, if I sort of travel uh, like a couple of miles and, and talk to people who live there, they, they won't have heard of the carols in the pubs often. It's quite, but, but then you will get people who have come from, um, you know, 100 miles away because they've oh, heard. Oh, or oh, 1,000 miles, yes. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you three feel then? Um, I'll sort of make this my last question because I don't want to keep you guys too long. But how how do you guys feel um, sort of being the custodians of, of this tradition, if you like? Wow. Well, I'm the photographer of the group. That's how uh, I got my honorary membership. And when people ask me, why why do you do that? Why do you follow them? You know, a lot of people don't understand if they're, they're not from the area. And I always tell them it's a tradition worth documenting. Yeah. Um, and, and it's something that we have to continue to document and to continue to to kind of put into the community so it continues. How long have you been doing that, Mike? Well, I've been following the carolers since I was a kid, probably 12, 13 years old. Right. Um, and then I was probably, uh, I was probably 15, 20 years ago, I started uh, photographing them and really got into photographing them maybe uh, 12 years ago, where I'm out there every night uh, from beginning to end with them. Right, yeah. And where where do you um, put the photographs? Did you sort of we make them? Yeah, Glenrock Carolers Facebook page that uh, right. we share them to, and then we also have a uh, Glenrock community page and my my personal page, and then uh, the Carolers also now have an Instagram where we don't put all the photographs, but we put some of the highlights uh, throughout the season, and then more highlights uh, at Christmas. Right. Ed, how do you feel with this on your your shoulders? Really, did you do you enjoy it still? I do, uh, and and it's it's interesting because that question gets asked quite a bit, as Mike said. And I think back to some of our older members and some of our very young members uh, as we've done things like a video a few years back. And and one of the questions asked is, why do you do this? And it came down to everything from it's our responsibility to maintain the the uh, tradition. It's it's our job uh, to spread the, the the word of the you know of Christ. It's it's the musicality behind it, the three part unique harmonies that that don't really get typically heard elsewhere. That the number of reasons that people do this are probably as wide as the number of members that that are there. Mm, mm. For yeah. me, it's a little bit of all of it. And sometimes middle of the night when the legs are hurting, I, I have to remind myself of why, why I enjoy doing it. How, how much do you think this is, a, this is a religious thing? Or how much has it become like a, a folk music or like a, a, a cultural tradition in, in different aspects? That's a tough, that's really tough because I think each that's individual. each individual. You know, and, and many people do 
Uh, I don't hear the word folk other than within our discussion used to describe it, but that's what it really is when I say that type of music. They know that when they come to hear the carolers, they're listening to songs that they would not hear on the local radio station. Uh, others have a, a very strong belief that there is the Christian uh, aspect to it. And uh, others just believe it's a local town tradition. Again, I just, I think the reasons are are varied tremendously. Mm, yeah. And somehow all those reasons sort of muggle together, don't they? And, and help it to perpetuate and I think it through that's the probably, Yeah, that's probably what makes it so special. I mm. think I, I heard Daryl describe it already as a magical time in Glenrock. And that's mm. what it is. There's no one aspect. People do not come to see a singing group. At mm. downtown at midnight on Christmas morning, they come mm. down to see the Glenrock Carolers, and that's a little bit of all of that wrapped up into a nice little Christmas bell. It's an entire experience. Yeah. Daryl, have you recorded uh, the 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 sort of things that you do and and, and release them in any way? Well, we have a, a CD that we make every every once in a while, maybe every fifteen years or so, mm. and. Um, we have a, a, a YouTube uh, channel that we post some things. Last year, I believe the warm-up concert. Now, what we call the warm-up concert is on Christmas Eve at 10.45 p.m. inside one of the local churches. So last year was the first year that we streamed that live out over the Internet. And that that's still available. So most of our recordings, I would say, are on YouTube or on Facebook. Right. You've raised two issues there. <laughs> Firstly, the live streaming. Is that going to happen again? Yes, it will happen again. 10.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So add five yeah. hours to that for you. Yeah. And uh, that will be streamed live. And then it will also be available on demand later. And there's no charge for that. It's just on YouTube. And that's uh, the streaming, you said, in the church. That will only be in the church, yes. Yeah. We have you don't... not found you... anyone who wants to give up their experience to yeah. do a vi live video on the streets. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it takes away what that person wants to experience. Let's put it that way. But then you, you've introduced this idea of of the warm up concert now at ten forty five, which adds on another hour and fifteen minutes uh, to your already challenging evening. <laughs> That's right, and 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 I you don't know about it, but I have to start at five o'clock p.m. on Christmas Eve because I play the organ in two different churches before I go to the ten forty five concert. <laughs> So, this is becoming, yeah, you're adding these things on and it's becoming even more of a, of a challenge. Yes. <laughs> but anyone who wants to get on the Glenrock Carolers website, it would be glenrockcarolers with one L dot org. And you can uh, click on a number of the menu items there and you'll be able to see the videos that are there and also pictures that we've been describing uh, throughout this podcast. Yeah, great. Listen, guys, thanks ever so much for joining us. Uh, again, it's been a joy to talk to all three of you. And again, wish you all, um, uh, everyone in your community, uh, a happy Christmas and a happy new year as well. Um, and I hope the 
everybody makes it <laughs> through and doesn't crash too hard on, on Christmas Day. I now, now Peter, before you run off today, what pub are you going to sing at tonight? I am uh, just about to head off to the um, Norfolk Arms at Ringinlow. Oh, boy. I've never been there on a on a sing before, um, so it's a new one for me. But I'm going to check out and uh, and see what goes on there. Now we were all at the old Red Lion when we were there three times, and you said someone knew about us the last. Yeah, I, I overheard somebody talking about the Glenrock Camel. Oh wow! <laughs> it was absolutely yeah. It was, and and if I'd not um, done this and spoke to you guys, I, I wouldn't have sort of picked that up. But yeah, it was a, a guy sat at a table in the old Red Lion. Um, again, absolutely phenomenal singing there. It was really incredible. But yeah, it, it was sort of it was it was telling your story basically to the to the other people who I don't think were local. They just come, and it, yes, it was telling it was explaining who you guys were and and the link and everything. So yeah, it, it was good to see that story being told like in in real time. It's good. Well, just so you know, we've made the rounds of some of your pubs over there. Absolutely, yeah. But you you should come over maybe and. Kick off at midnight and, and try walking up the hills and go going around the ball. <laughs> we'll have you here instead. We'll have there you we here. Go. Yes, I would love that. I would seriously love that. Yeah, it's always an open invitation. Yeah, thank you very much. Lovely. Right, guys, you take care and thanks again. Thank Merry you, Christmas. Peter. Bye.
I love that. Absolutely love that chat. Um, such sounds like such a fascinating place, and I, I would love to go over there um, in in the run up to Christmas and and spend spend Christmas there. Yeah. Hey, they invited me. I might just rock up sometime. Anyway, um, we've got one more uh, Carol, a very sort of Sheffield traditional local Carol, um, and the Glenrock singers are, are going to. Um, deliver it for us it is hark hark so we will finish with that and just to say before please share this podcast far and wide please subscribe to it because we've got some more treats coming your way in the run-up to christmas where we'll learn more about local carol traditions and, and what happens in in the sheffield and north derbyshire area um and if you're on twitter or you know insta or anything like that please use the hashtag local carols and just share your own experiences and let us know if you've been going out doing any of the things and now i will hand over again to the glenrock carolers singing hark hark mm-hmm. 